to the first podcast in our ESG and construction series, where we'll be discussing environmental PI risk for builders and designers. I'm Jonathan Spencer, a partner in, in the insurance and construction team here at Simmons. And I'm joined today by Kirsty Oliver, a senior PSL in our team and also a member of the firm's ESG group. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, you and I have talked a lot recently about the increasing impact of environmental issues on the construction industry as a whole. Uh, obviously, leading up to and during the COP26 event last year, we saw a huge focus on achieving a sustainable built environment. And we've seen net zero initiatives spring up across the industry. We even have a low concrete route map. Uh, what do you see, though, as being the key implications for construction professionals? Well, first of all, for the construction sector, developing sustainably is going to be both an opportunity and a risk that needs careful management. In trying to reduce the carbon impact of the building process with future proofing in mind, I see there being three key issues for professionals. So first of all, regulatory change is inevitable as the world moves towards net zero. So industry professionals will need to keep pace. In the UK, for example, new, new approved documents will come into force in June this year with the express aim of significantly reducing the carbon output of new homes and buildings. And this is going to require more stringent energy efficiency measures, improved ventilation and mitigation of any overheating in residential buildings. Second, we expect to see contractual terms requiring contractors to consider environmental issues when designing and on site when constructing. We also expect that developers and designers will increasingly be asked by a number of stakeholders about both the immediate and ongoing environmental impacts on their particular projects. And third, professionals also potentially need to anticipate risks which may not have been a key issue in the relatively recent past. For example, designers and builders will all need to think about how to build in resilience, which I'll speak about a bit later on, for a development against the growing impacts of climate change. Interesting. Um, we've also recently been discussing the transition to what's being called greener construction and what it is that construction professionals should be getting to grips with. Um, that potentially means dealing with unfamiliar products, materials, build techniques and technology. Um, and I imagine, but perhaps you could explain more about it, that there will be risks in this for construction professionals who are involved in the transition to a greener construction process. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's clear to me that expensive future retrofits won't be welcome. And this is an area that's moving quickly. So construction professionals need to stay ahead of the game. As well as regulatory and contractual requirements, construction professionals are likely to face pressure from reputational and liability risk. And this means that sustainability will need to form part of early conversations and plans for most projects. Contractual duties may extend to responsibility for carrying out environmental impact assessments at the outset of the project. And as another example, um, the, G the JCT standard DMB contract was amended in September last year to include a climate clause um, which sets out certain environmental obligations to minimise waste and prioritise energy efficiency. So a key risk here for professionals will be in prescribing or using uh, new or unfamiliar green products, as you mentioned earlier, or the build techniques themselves. So it'd be particularly vital to give careful consideration to the interaction between different build components in these circumstances. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just going back to something which you mentioned at the beginning too, Jonathan, um, 
earlier you said that as well as ticking the relevant regulatory and contractual boxes, construction professionals will need to anticipate future issues for their projects. Could you expand on that, please? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're already feeling the impact of of climate change on global temperatures. And who would have thought we'd be in T-shirts with a 16 degree heat wave on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Um, But look, joking aside, it is certainly arguable that the increasingly severe physical effects of climate change are now foreseeable. And critically, what that means is that it may be negligent not to take them into account. And on this point, it's also interesting to note that professional bodies like REBA and ICE have environmental issues actually built into their codes of contact. We may also see claims from occupiers who find themselves as an arguably uninhabitable property under legislation like the Defective Premises Act, which has been in the news recently, um, around the limitation period, which may soon increase to 15 years or possibly more. So watch this space. Professionals should consider what might be needed now to ensure that their buildings are sufficiently resilient, as I said earlier, in the, in, in the face of effects of a changing climate. In the UK, for example, contractors involved in a building project should be thinking about the potential impact of heavy rainfall alternating with droughts and incorporate into their designs what might be reasonably expected to protect or strengthen a structure. And just to give a, a quick example, the British Geological Survey recently highlighted the increased risk of subsidence as clay soils in London and the southeast dry out. So in that context, construction professionals who fail to design or build a structure that can cope with that type of known risk may face claim to failure to comply with their contractual and tortious duties to exercise reasonable skill and care. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Um, So just one last question. Um, Obviously, for construction professionals, as you say, staying educated and informed is vital. Um, And there is a lot of information readily available on the topic. What else, though, can those listening do to mitigate the risks that you've mentioned? Well, awareness of current rules and environmental risk won't be enough if a professional who is later challenged can't show that they raised the issue, that proper consideration was given and that the route ultimately chosen was reasonable in the circumstances. So it's key that all meetings and discussions should be carefully documented as you can't expect memories to be clear six years down the line or indeed 15. Clearly, the other key message here is for all involved in building projects to anticipate what needs to be done now to ensure as best they can that a building is designed and built to stay safe and and undamaged as extreme weather events are likely to get even worse. More generally, um, just to finish off here, I think it's in everyone's interest to ensure that the scope of all project roles and responsibilities are clear and reflected in the contractual documents. And that means proper focus at the outset on who to involve and things like the environmental impact assessments I mentioned earlier, but to make sure that everyone knows from a practical perspective what their responsibilities are on the ground. As I say, though, it's not all doom and gloom, and those who do stay ahead of the risk can expect opportunities as the move to greener construction gathers pace. Thank you very much uh, for listening, for tuning in today. Please do contact me or Kirsty um, if you have any questions, and please join us for our next podcast in the ESG and construction series, where we'll be looking at ESG in the context of the increasing use of modular construction. Thanks very much. <laughs>